Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Oh, oh, before, I just got to do this a little longer because this blessed me so. I cannot explain, but nothing's more real than this in the presence of God. Oh, what my heart experienced. Sounds a lot better when the band's playing, right? When my shame hit the wayside and my sin met the most high, I was washed from the inside. I was washed from the inside out. It's only by the blood. Could have only been the blood. See, in before the crucifixion, Only one man, once a year, could enter into the holy place where the ark of God was. And he would sprinkle the blood of animals. And if his life wasn't clean and pure, he would be killed in the presence. He had to wear like a robe, and on the bottom of the robe, they had these little jingle bells. (laughs) And he would dance in the presence, and the people outside were waiting to see if their sacrifice is being accepted. And they don't get to participate. They don't get to witness the presence but they listened for the jingling of the bells. And he had had a a rope tied around his ankle in case there was sin so that they could pull him out if the Lord struck him down. It matters how you... It matters how you come before him. I talked about it last week. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. But because of the blood, because of the shed blood of Jesus, the veil was ripped open from top to bottom, the word tells us, signifying that it happened from someone in a higher elevated place, ripped the veil and granted access But the truth is, his presence wasn't inside behind the veil anymore. But it was a prophetic picture that we have access to come. All of us have access to come to him. And the blood of Jesus is always accepted. So it's a beautiful picture. And when I sing that song, I, I I know it's only the blood of Jesus that allows us to experience his presence. We don't talk about it a lot. We come in here and we enjoy his presence. I hear testimony again and again and again. And why you're even here today? Because you came and something gripped your heart. There was something about uh, his presence in the room that said, 
I must have more of that. And so you keep coming back. Everybody that joins our church always tell us this testimony, this story. When I came in, it felt like home. And it's the presence. But the truth is, that can only happen because of the blood of Jesus. The power of the blood of Jesus. This is the way. Everybody say, this is the way. I'm moving into part two today. Say, this is the way. So I was walking through the bathroom after I got dressed and I put these shoes on and I looked down. And this one shoe on the left was untied. And I said, my shoe came untied, except I, except I said it really fast. My shoe came untied. <laughs> Sounded like I was speaking in tongues, didn't it? <laughs> Everybody say, my shoe come untied. <laughs> it's almost also like, you know, what you say when someone sneezes, bless you. My shoe come untied. Uh, <laughs> That's not what we say. Uh, I just, it was just funny. <laughs> Y'all, I can't help myself sometimes. I try to be. This is the way. The secret of the ministry of Jesus is the relationship he had with his father. Remember, I talked to you last week. I don't do anything except what I hear the Father say. Do you know we serve a speaking God? He speaks. He's speaking today. He speaks to you. He speaks to me. There are different ways he talks to us, sometimes in dreams, visions. Sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds just like your wife. <laughs> or your husband. <laughs> The secret of the ministry of Jesus is in the relationship he has with his father. His primary mission was to reveal the father by displaying his nature and his will. This is what Jesus did. He walked, he breathed, he lived, he declared to reveal the will of the father. Jesus is the will of God. Yes, yes, yes. You can see that different ways. You can see that Jesus coming to become the sacrifice and shed his blood, that was the will of God. But I want you to know that Jesus is the, the example that he gave us as one completely dependent upon the voice of his father. He was revealing to us the will of God for us yeah. to be a people who would be completely dependent upon the voice of our Father. Yes. In doing so, Jesus did this. He made startling statements. Like in John, the fifth chapter, the 19th verse. He said, the Son can do nothing of himself. Yeah. But what he sees the Father do. The son also does in like manner. Yeah. But we would argue he's, 
Jesus, he's fully God. Yes, he was fully God. But he was also fully man. And he emptied himself of divinity to demonstrate to us. He said in John 8, 26, I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Jesus put heaven on a collision course with the earth. His dependence upon the Father brought forth the reality of his world into this one. That's why he could say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All of the acts of Jesus were expressions of his father for all humanity to see. Previous to this, all humankind could only see the devastating nature of sin and the consequences. But Jesus came and furnished the one missing element, the Father. He came to reveal the Father. He came and listened to the voice of his Father and said what he heard the Father say. Do you ever just watch someone in, in ministry? You see, you see uh, I remember as a kid watching Catherine Coleman and, and, and watch her function the way she functioned and thinking, Man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could live like that. I wish I could know him like that. That's what happened when I uh, encountered Tommy Tenney when when he came to our church and uh, I saw him walk in a facet of the glory of God that I had never seen on a person. And I remember calling my pastor and saying, can I just come over? I just want to sit in the living room and watch Tommy. I just want to hear his conversations that you guys have. I just want to be in the room. I don't need you to talk to me. I don't need to talk to you. I just want to be around what I see. It's the same thing Jesus was showing us. Someone dependent upon the Father. The writer of Hebrews called Jesus, I think it's Hebrews, the first chapter and the third verse. I don't know if I gave you that scripture. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to be quick with it. Uh, Paul said he called Jesus the exact representation of his Father's nature. Jesus was the representation of his Father. The life of Jesus is the most complete and accurate revelation of the Father ever seen in the world. Jesus said, John 14 and 9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It is still true. It is the heart of this perfect Father to give life to humanity. 
That's in John 10, 10. And destroy the works of the devil. That's in 1 John 3 and 8. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the heart of the Father to and through us. That's in John 16. Last week I told you about the dove. That John the Baptist saw the dove come upon Jesus and remain. Remember we talked about it? What would you do if a dove landed on you and you didn't want it to fly away? You would make every step with the dove in mind. You would be cautious and careful. Be at work and the dove is on your shoulder and someone tells you a joke. You can just kind of remove yourself. You don't have to be preachy or, or legalistic. Uh, you, you can just kind of withdraw from the storm of carnality if you want the dove to remain. <laughs> I was driving uh, to church one day and I just try to pray and drive it's often as I'm driving by myself when I come to the church to to study or whatever I'm just driving I, it might have been I, I'm trying to remember if it was morning prayer or evening prayer during our fasting time and I'm just driving I turn off of Alma onto Bethany I'm coming around and there's there's these two slow pokes but 15 minutes from my, from my house and I'm just ra da da bahashe my shoe come untied uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just praying. I'm praying, and I get behind these two cars, and they're just driving below the, slow, the, the speed limit. And so I just hit the gas, and I'm randalabahashe, and I get around them. And as soon as I pull in front of them, the light turns red. I'm going randalabahashe, red, red, red. Oh, crap. I kind of laughed at myself. I said, Come back, come back, Jesus. Come back. I see there's still a work in me that needs. Please come back. Please come back. You've been there. I just revealed what many of us do all the time. Did you say, come on, somebody? Come on, everybody. There's no record of anyone else seeing the dove. But everyone saw the result of the dove's presence. You've seen the result of the dove's presence in this room. We experience it again and again. Did the dove come on Wednesday? We weren't here Wednesday. Did you have the dove here? I got a couple of affirmative nods. Others just kind of passive nods, but I saw two firm, yes. Uh, his presence in the room today was just beautiful during worship. The dove comes. Yeah. It's hard to put into words how moved I am by the story of this this the Holy Spirit resting upon Jesus like a dove and remaining. Say, and remaining. and remaining. 
a holy jealousy gets stirred up inside of me. A jealousy to live in the same reality that Jesus lived in. Say, this is the way. Yeah, this, I'm not playing games. This is the way. If we're going to move forward, if we're going to encounter Jesus, if we're going to bring the answer to our culture, this is the way we do it. Powerless church is not working. You, you may, I mean, I, I suppose you can go to a powerless church and that doesn't mean you're not going to go to heaven. But if you want to be effective for the kingdom in the earth, the gospel is not gospel if power isn't part of it. And I'm not talking about, I mean, I love it when miracles happen, but the power of a transformed life. I remember Jordan that Sunday when Malik was here and he just was... There was a heaviness, a darkness upon him, and I didn't know him, but I was just so drawn to him in that service. And Malik pulled him up, and and uh, he saw the darkness and started combating and commanding it to leave this man. And I saw it leave, and I saw the countenance of this young man change. And I, he showed back up on Wednesday, and I was amazed. The power of the presence of God. There is power available for your situation. There is power that can transform your circumstance. It can only be found in the presence. And it's only by the blood of Jesus that you get access to his presence. This is the way. I want to live in the same reality that Jesus lived in. Seeing what is possible through his example has freed me to hunger for what I know is available. I have been, this has been a growing experience for the last 15 to 20 years. Encounters with him, realizing the more of God that is available and not be satisfied with fluff. Now, I opened up with a couple of jokes. That's, you know, God, God accepts me and he knows my sense of humor. But he also knows my passion and my zeal for him. So when I say fluff, it doesn't mean you have to be Sober and and never laugh. I think he laughs at us sometimes. I think we do things in church that is just learned behavior. There are physical responses to the, when the presence comes, and there may not be in scripture, but people will be start jerking. I remember Gracie was having this revival experience in Asbury and then at home in church, and, and she's texting us, well, I've got the revival jerk now. <laughs> the twitch. She called it the twitch, right? I've got the revival twitch, and uh, 
She said, it just happens. I can't control it. I lay in bed and I'm just, well, I'll get the twitch. We, we, we do things, we see it, and then our, our body reacts to the encounter we're having. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes we fall out when we get prayed for. That's beautiful. I've had that happen to me. But sometimes, because people fall out, others come up and see someone fall out and they think, in order for me to, to actually receive what I'm asking for, I'm going to have to let go and just, and we do these courtesy falls. I told you last, last week when I was prayed for the Brownsville Revival. Now, how many of you know when I bring up the Brownsville Revival, you know what I'm talking about? How many of you don't have a clue? Okay. Oh, see, you're right, babe. How does it feel to be right? See? <laughs> she said to me, she said, I think you need to explain because I'm not sure that everybody realizes, but uh, on Father's Day, was it 1994, 96, somewhere in there, something like that? Somewhere in there on Father's Day uh, at a, the Brownsville Assembly of God in Brownsville, Texas, by Pensacola, Florida. Uh, yeah, what did I say? Oh, yeah, it didn't happen in Texas. In Florida, Brownsville, Florida, which is by Pensacola. Uh, uh, I, I heard stories, like on a Sunday afternoon, the pastor's wife, John Kilpatrick, uh, his wife was in, in the, uh, the office and someone came in, I smell I smell flowers. I smell flowers in the sanctuary. And I remember she said, it's happening. And she ran. She ran. And the glory of God was being poured out into this church. And people started catching wind, <laughs> hearing about it. The, 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 this was before social media. But somehow it swept across the entire planet. People came from every nation every country to come experience what God was doing. They wanted to come get an impartation. I went to get an impartation. And that's what I was, was saying to you. So I got prayed for and I went out with about a hundred other people. And at the time I was playing Jesus in a passion play. I'll share the story again for those of you that don't know. But my hair with my real hair, I grew it out long as before that happened. Uh, uh, and so I've got, I mean, it was as long as Nicole's, except mine was curly. I didn't get a perm. It was just naturally wavy. <laughs> and, uh, and so I got prayed for. I went down, and after about five or ten minutes, I'm, like, just feeling the presence of the Lord. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get up. And I start to raise, and someone's laying on my hair. And I'm stuck there. I don't even know how long I laid there because somebody was on my hair. And so, uh, uh, I eventually got up, and here I am today. <laughs> Pastor said, you're going to walk tonight. Went outside, and the car was gone. <sighs> so, we're talking about the dove. What brings revival. I'll tell you what I think. Uh, the ingredients have to be right. Uh, at the, Nicole and I, the church that we were worship pastors, we had been married for 
uh, three years, and she was pregnant as a duck. <laughs> Cole was was swimming on the inside of her. He, <laughs> Cole was Cole was inside in Nicole's tummy and. Uh, and growing while revival was growing in our hearts. But we, there was just such uh, uh, an awareness that God was up to something. And we couldn't really, you remember, Mike? Uh, it was just for, I would say for weeks, there's just this sense that something is about to happen. And on this particular Sunday morning, there was such an incredible uh, move that uh, it's like if I had a fork, and I knew where to stick it in the air. I, that's where all of heaven would come pouring out. That's what it felt like in the room on Sunday morning. And so our pastor got up and said, I'm calling a prayer meeting at 430. Only those of you that are serious about a move of God, be here. We're going to lock the doors. If you come late, you won't be able to get in. So we did. I walked in about 425. I wasn't worried because I have a key. Uh, but I encountered a degree of his presence that I didn't even know was available. Yeah, yeah. But there was, there was a period of time, a period of time where the people became hungry for more. And I don't know that we all talked about it to each other, but somehow we waited and waited and waited and pursued and just knew that it was close and we kept pursuing and then all of a sudden he met us at the place of our hunger yes, yes. and I'll never be the same yeah, yeah. it shaped the person I am today yeah. I'll never be the same right. in an upper room why does revival come was the question I ask in an upper room, it started with 500 people. Jesus said, go and wait. So 500 left to obey the voice to this upper room. But somehow only 120 were there waiting for the promise. I wonder what the other 300 or 280. I wonder what the other 280, 380. That's what I said. Someone said, y'all, let me figure it out myself. Three eighty plus a hundred is four eighty plus twenty is five. So what did the other three hundred and eighty? What did they feel like when they heard about the encounter? Um, so one hundred and twenty hungry hearts. I know. I know this. They were in one mind and one accord. You know, it's difficult to get people on the same page. That's why it took so long. Can you imagine the group here? We have 199 people present today. I wish someone would go over to Cracker Barrel and drag somebody over here so we can have a full 200. <laughs> See, we can't even get 200 in unity. But what would it take for everyone here to wait for 10 days? I don't think we even fully understand the, the capacity 
to be able to, we, first of all, we all have jobs and we want to pay our rent and our house payment. There, so there, we have obligations, but, but this was part of what causes revival. What causes the dove to come? I have ideas. What brings revival? The dove. How does revival remain? The dove. Why does revival end? The dove leaves. I know places people were devastated. I know a pastor who decided he was, he was like, he couldn't handle all the weirdness. And so he didn't want it to continue. And when it left, he couldn't live with himself. And he begged God to give him another chance. I know other pastors that were like, I can't handle this. And it was as, You could almost write Ichabod over the doorpost because the glory departed. You know, there was this one story, another funny story. I'm sorry, it's a rabbit trail. Someone, uh, you've heard me talk about how at the church I grew up in, where people would give a message in tongues and then there would be an interpretation. And there was this one woman who was not happy that the pastor, I think, had a TV in his house. And so she's mad. And she gives a message in tongues. She said, then for the Lord would say, I have written Michelob over thy doorpost. Confused. Ichabod. Um, But I've been to churches where the glory rested and then would go back and wonder what happened. What caused the dove? take flight throughout scripture the dove represents the Holy Spirit second chapter of Acts the Holy Spirit was poured out and began to indwell inside of people But there's a different dimension of his spirit that dwells within and the Holy Spirit that rests upon. He dwells in me for me. But he dwells, he rests upon me for you. Does that make sense? I saw Diane kind of like, oh, that was like something clicked. (laughs) He, He dwells in me for my walk. He empowers me. It's it's my my intimacy with him and I'm aware of his inward dwelling. But he rests, there are degrees where he concentrates more of himself and he begins to rest upon people for a specific purpose. It's a different dimension. Say, he dwells in me for me, me me. but he rests upon me for you. And the you could be the person next to you. It could be the person you work with. It could be a worker that the Spirit of God will rest upon you as you and your husband are in this evangelism uh, season that the Spirit of God rests upon you so that the people you go after will respond and the power of His Spirit is what draws people. 
It's ministry for other people. Does that make sense? He rests upon us to bring the harvest. Sometimes revivals last three days. I remember at Covenant Church, we decided to call three days of meetings, and it was powerful. And And I remember Pastor Mike posted on Twitter, I think. He said it was three days of heaven on earth. That's how he described it. And I went and started writing, something's moving. Something's changing. See his glory. Feels like heaven on. That's where the song was born after hearing Pastor Mike make a declaration or a tweet. The dove rested on the tweet and a song was born. Jesus said, if you love me, You'll keep my commands. So I want to say something. We do well when we pursue him according to his commands. But I want to give you another idea here. Romance is no longer romance when it's commanded. We think we have to understand the obedience factor. And it's not just I'm the boss and do what I say. But I love you so much. And if you'll hear my voice, I have a better plan for you. And if we will learn to hear his voice and respond with a yes, no matter how crazy it looks, he will lead us into the more place. Some things must be pursued because they're there. Moses was able to release this cry in his heart. He said in Exodus 33, let me know your ways. This is the way. Let me know your ways that I may know you. If I can learn your ways, I can learn you. Discovering his ways is an invitation to come to him and know him in the way revealed. Revelations of his nature are invitations to experience him. You listen to someone talk about an encounter and the light comes on. Like Diane, while ago I said that, something like I saw the reaction on her eyebrows. I'm like, (laughs) revelations of his nature are invitations for us to come experience him. As he reveals his nature to us through the moving of the Holy Spirit, he will often leave us without a command. Instead, he longs to discover what is actually in our hearts. I've already forgot it. (laughs) As he reveals his nature to us through the moving of the Holy Spirit, he will often leave us without a command. Instead, he longs to discover what is actually in our hearts. Hmm. We must walk carefully in order for the dove to remain. In word, in deed, it matters what you say. It matters what you do. It matters 
It matters if I'm driving in the car, praying in tongues, and I get stopped at a light and say, you know, could have said something worse, but I didn't because I've learned to discipline. But still, it matters. You want to keep the dove. You want to... Why am I talking about this? Because my heart for our house to experience the levels of his presence that I've talked about and experienced, I live to see it happen again. Not in the same way, but how he wants to do it today. I just know that there's more. He doesn't have to do what he did there. I'm not going to grow my hair back out. I'm done with that. I'm not going to repeat repeat things, but I want all that is available for the people in this house to know and see and walk and hear. May the dove rest upon us and remain. Spirit of God, rest upon us. Stir our hearts. May we become so hungry. That the desire in our hearts pulls you from the throne in heaven and you somehow find your way. And and there they are in Allen, Texas. Uh, I think I'm going to bring favor to them and let financial blessings come so they can buy that property. Because something is kindling there. They're going to need more room for what I want to pour out. There, There she is. There he is. I hear the sound of brokenness in their worship. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. It matters. It matters. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands. Everybody say clean hands and a pure heart. It's not legalism, it's devotion. I'm not going to shame you if I hear you say something. I may not want to be in your circle of friends if I continually hear conversation that grieves the Holy Spirit. Because if it grieves the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit resides within you, you have to have some kind of reaction. We don't just get the keys of the kingdom because we're saved. You have to walk in his ways. Say, this is the way. You have to live by his principles. Read his word. Learn his nature. I wonder how many of us read the Bible every day. I'm not asking you to raise your hands. I wonder how many people in this room read the Bible at least once a week. I wonder how many people in this room pray more than just, Lord, bless our lunch today. May we be nourished by it, and that's the only prayer. We, we have this awareness of God, and sometimes we, we flippantly say, 
prayers out of some kind of obligation, but not out of devotion. We have to search our hearts and find out where we are. I tell you, I'm challenging you today because I want to see the Spirit of God come. And if it takes all of us paying a price to get there, then I want you to pay the price. This is the way. See, there is no other way. You, You can't get around Psalm 100. Enter his gates with... You can't get to him without a thankful heart. You can come in here and feel depressed or overwhelmed by your circumstance. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. There's always something to be grateful for. And you can't get close to him without a grateful heart. This is the way. Okay, I've got to land somehow. You don't just get the keys of the kingdom. You got to learn his ways. Matthew 16, starting with verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, Peter's been walking with him, and somehow by osmosis, he's learned without even knowing that he's hearing the Father. Revelation is dropped into his heart from the Father. The Father revealed this to you. This is how you function. Learn the voice of the Father. Learn the impressions of the Father and say what He says. And if He's not saying anything, just shut up. I probably shouldn't have said shut up. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And this is the connection. And I will give you, as you learn to hear the impressions, the voice of the Father, when you do this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is the way. Here's the deal. Uh, I, I think sometimes we see a demon in everything. But I want to suggest that you can't cast out your flesh. You have to crucify your flesh. Galatians. This is a sobering scripture, but I have to pour it out to you. I have to just give it to you. Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, because this is the way. (laughs) 
And you will not, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. I am done listening to preachers with this message of grace, allowing all kind of immorality in the house of God because they need somebody that's talented. They will close their eyes to sin because of a talent. Or or they're afraid to address it because the culture says you can't talk about homosexuality or you're going to get canceled. If it's sin, it's sin. Now we love everybody and everybody can come and experience the presence of the Lord and we're going to love you. We're going to embrace you. We're going to welcome you. But this is not a place to give permission to a lifestyle. Our belief is when the glory of God comes, we can really see ourselves and realize like Isaiah, I saw the Lord and he said, woe is me. I'm undone. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. People, I'm just telling you, you have to dial up your discernment and decide there are people in Christendom on big stages and platforms so full of carnality and the people of God can't discern it. See, I don't get this righteous anger for those that are in sin. I'm like, people of God, wake up. Be an example. Love, embrace, but don't endorse. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, 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 orgies. Oh, do we say that in church? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But grace, there's this there's this message that has infiltrated the church that, you know, you know, grace, everybody's included. Jesus, the blood of Jesus is so powerful that he's already done the work and he's forgiven us of our sins. And, and you can do whatever you want. You have a license to do whatever you want because grace covers it. I've even heard it to the extreme where I heard a pastor say that even Lucifer will be redeemed. Because the blood of Jesus is that powerful. See, just ludicrous acceptance of things.
It's not legalism. It's devotion. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. In those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Paul said, lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us. So I want to give an invitation not to sinners. I want to give an invitation to Christians who've allowed the little foxes to mingle I've learned to repent all the time. Every time I get on a flight, I whisper prayer, God, forgive me. Forgive me for the little foxes. Forgive me. Lord, if I go down, if something happens, planes go down all the time. I know I have purpose. I believe this plane is going to make its journey, but I'm always, I'm always, every day, God, I give you a surrendered heart every day. Every day. Every day. I crucify my flesh every day because I wake up and something happens. I'm driving and I pull up and the light turns red and I find myself. My flesh still wants to. Again, that's not a big deal. I'm not suggesting you're not saved but this is what my appeal is I want us to live in such a way that the dove will light up on our shoulders and remain this is the way how do you get revival the dove how do you keep revival the dove Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.